Welcome to the Deepwater Podcast. I'm Dave Mercer. I'm James Judd. And our goal on this podcast is to learn to make disciples the way Jesus made disciples. Yes, sir. Welcome to the Deepwater Podcast. This is Dave Mercer. And this is James Judd. Where we are striving to learn how to make disciples like Jesus did. And as it goes without saying, be a disciple. Absolutely. So James is in New Mexico tonight. I'm here in Oklahoma and we're doing this over the old free Skype system. So thanks everyone for taking time to join. So tonight we're going to start a new series and it's going to be not completely consecutive, but uh, we're going to just You'll see one or two come on, or we might take a break from it and come back to it. But it's going to be on obeying the things Jesus commanded. It's, this verbiage sounds familiar. That's because it's part of one of the most well, most spoken verses we've shared on the podcast is that Jesus said in the Great Commission that we're to teach them to obey all things he's commanded. So there's a few things in there, not just obey the things that make the most sense to us, or the things that fit most neatly in the box of Western Christianity, but all things he's commanded, which I think we'll see that that's uh, not in a bad way, but if we're being honest, it's a little bit of a scarier command than, <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, you mean we even got to heal people and cast out demons, Jesus? What are you talking about? We don't do that no more. But anyway, if we're being honest, uh, regardless of what camp we're in, a lot of those types of commands may scare us, so... And some of them are not quite so um, expressive. They're just a little bit more common day to day. But Yeah, you know, I think one of the really important things when we think about the Great Commission and the commands is this is this idea of teaching to obey. And so many times we want to teach all the commands of Jesus. We don't necessarily want to teach to obey them or we don't want to obey them ourselves. We're like, yep, I know the commands. I've got them. But am I actually walking that out in obedience? And I, man, I just think when we look at our churches, sometimes when we look at our own lives, we say, we're doing a lot of knowledge, but we're not doing a lot of obedience. And we're trying to convey a lot of knowledge, but we're not really conveying a lot of obedience. And what Jesus clearly said was teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And then that obedience, without the obedience, you don't have any discipleship. You don't have any disciple making and you don't have a disciple. And even if you look back at, at the, someone who is a disciple of someone who wasn't Jesus, there was still this idea of obedience. If you go back into ancient Chinese history, you know, there was Confucius, and Confucius had disciples, and the disciples were trying to live the way and obey the things that Confucius said. And the same is true for us as, as followers of Jesus. If Jesus says, make disciples, and if we say, oh, I'm going to be a disciple, it implies therein that we are obeying and teaching to obey. And just for the caveat, it doesn't mean perfection, but it means that's what we're striving for. Yeah. And is it a little convicting or what? Too convicting. <laughs> right. But it's okay It's okay to be convicted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I'd rather be convicted than apathetic. Now, of yeah. course, you got you to gotta act on that conviction. But, yeah, another point... Uh, to follow up on that, James, is uh, when I think back through my life about the efforts I made to to follow or emulate Christ 
let's say, follow or emulate someone uh, who I assumed or believed was following Christ, and then I tried to impart what I knew to someone else, I think I kind of fell into a, a deal of, I, I didn't really sit down with the the Gospels and say, okay, I got my, my notepad, I got my pen, let me make a list of everything Jesus commanded, or maybe just every, every teaching which you could say, practically speaking, is a command, and then let me make sure that I'm passing those things on. I didn't really do that. If anything, I spent most of my time thinking, man, the things Jesus said scare me and they're weird. Um, <laughs> I think I'll go teach someone to do a Bible study on assurance of salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Or I think I'll go teach someone to memorize a verse or, you know, what have you. But I never tried, said, hey, man, I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm, if I'm really discipling you here, I'm going to teach you to do this thing Jesus said, but to be honest, it scares me too. Let's, let's wrestle with this. Let's, let's dig in. Let's pray about it. Let's go talk to people that know, and let's, let's figure out if we need to be doing this. Let's take it seriously at the very least. Yeah. And how can we do it practically? You know, what does it practically look like? You know, pick any, I keep picking these days to love your enemies because it's such a audacious command. Okay, practically, what's that look like? And I don't think we have to have all the answers, but we do have to be trying to. We have to be trying to apply it. And I'm not going to say God grades on the curve, but God grades on grace. You know, it's like, hey, way to go. You're trying. Now let's do a little better next time, you know, and he corrects you where you fail and encourages you where you fail. And and that's what we do for one another, too. And I think, oh, as, as I've seen you live out some of the commands or I've done some of the commands myself and you say like, well, at least you're trying something. You know, if it's like the command to take care of the poor, well, at least you're trying mm-hmm. something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I may have screwed yeah. that one up pretty badly, but at least I screwed up trying, <laughs> you know, and that's, yes. a, that's a lot better than screwed up by sitting it out, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And that's some of those experiences in the moment can be painful, but better to have uh, better to try here we go. We're going to start cr- quoting Teddy Roosevelt. It's like the the credit doesn't belong to the critic, but to the man in the arena. You know, the one who's out there actually swinging, as opposed to the timid soul who will never know the taste of victory nor defeat. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Who would have thought Teddy Roosevelt would make it in on this? That's right. But, who would have thought that you'd know that quote? Eh, it was on Blue Bloods one night. <laughs> I got you. So yeah. when we're talking about obeying and and doing the commands, I'm assuming that we have a command tonight. What's the command do you think about that? Let's talk about tonight. All right. Uh, which, if I don't remember it, if you happen to listen to this podcast and there is a command that something that Jesus, you, you said, you know what, if I'm going to be a disciple, I've got to not only do this, but I've got to teach people to obey this and you find it troubling, or you're excited about it, send it to us and respond to us. Let us know. But that being said, yes, James, we do have one to kick off tonight. To be honest, in my legalistic mindset, I kind of wrestled, well, uh, is this really a command, or is this more of an invitation? (laughs) And it's like, well, with Jesus, I don't know, maybe they're one and the same when you're the Lord of the universe. (laughs) It might be. 
Yeah, I mean, we had that conversation a little while ago. It's like yeah. when Jesus said, follow me, was that a command or was that an invitation? I think I'd always thought of it as an invitation, but when I was reading it, I was like, there's not a question mark there. That was like a, <laughs> a month or two ago. Oh, maybe he was telling Peter. You drop your yeah. stuff and follow me, bud. Mm-hmm. There wasn't an RSVP note attached to that. Right, right. Uh, regrets only, please. <laughs> um, so tonight, turn if you would with me, if you would, to your Bibles in Matthew chapter 11. And what we have is Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me. There's our command. Come, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And we'll keep reading even though it's not part of the command. Oh, I guess it is, yeah. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yeah. So we have actually a little, we're getting several commands for the price of one tonight. We have come unto me, take my yoke upon me. Learn from me. That's right. Three for the price of one tonight. All right. <laughs> so this is kind of an ironic one uh, to pick. I was kind of struggling with which one to start. And I have to say, uh, not I'm not going to make this a, a, a expose of my, my day, but uh, this was kind of one of those days that went crummy enough that it's kind of like, I don't even think I should be doing a podcast tonight. I should go off in a hole somewhere till I'm more fit to be around the rest of humanity. Yeah. Well, again, the command there is come to me. Come. Not uh-huh. just slow down, but come. Yeah. Because you can slow down and you can have a day where you like veg watching Netflix all day. <laughs> I wish I could have one of those sometimes with my kids. You know, <laughs> wouldn't bother me if they just let me. Veg, but that's not that. Like that's not Jesus' command. It wasn't like go veg all day or like go uh, <laughs> go be self actualized. Go mm. the com- the command was come to me. Yeah, you know, and it's almost a uh, an idea of like, and and you won't get rest unless you do. You know, like there's only one place that there's rest, and that's if you come to me. And so that can be pretty hard as well, but. Don't ask me why, but sometimes on a restful day, it's the hardest time to get my quiet time in. Mm-hmm. You know, but come to me, like let let me come and sit at Jesus's feet, and let Him give me rest, even if I'm taking care of kids and I've got, even if you have things that you don't want to be doing, potty training your kids, <laughs> those kind of things. <laughs> anyway, you know, I, I love my kids, but sometimes you just, you know, you don't want to be doing this. You'd like to be chillaxing but even if you come to jesus the rest comes so what's it look like to come to jesus <laughs> we're gonna have a come to jesus meeting yeah i had well, a come to jesus meeting with him <laughs> you know i think it's it it happens in time and space because that's where we're bound up currently in this life but it also I think happens at a, a deeper level in our our spirit. And I think it's something we can do any at any point in the week that we have enough sanity 
as I like to say it, and I've sent, just to slow down and say, Lord, I'm I'm at the end of myself. Like, you know, Jesus uh, was reading the message today, the Beatitudes, and I really like the way, you know, normally it reads, blessed are the poor in spirit, but it's like, blessed are those who are at the end of their rope. And, you know, whether it's a lazy Saturday from a week we're tired or just a hard day in, in the office, you know, I think when we come to the end of our rope, we're we're ready to rest. Hopefully it doesn't have to be that point, but uh, it's just so tempting to rely on your own energy. Yeah. Well, if we, if we look at it, the invitation is only for weary and burdened peoples. Yeah. <laughs> or the command, you know, it's not, come yeah. come to me, all you guys who are rested, well-fed, fat, and happy. Yes. He says, come to me, all you guys who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. And somebody said this once, and I've just been thinking about it more this week, but it said basically like every person you meet is in the middle of an intense battle. Hmm. You know, and it's true, and sometimes... Sometimes I think about people and I'm like, yep, they're definitely in the middle of an intense battle. And other times you're like, that guy, I, I don't know. But I think that's how people would look at me sometimes and be like, well, what, what's going on with him? He doesn't have anything. But like inside and my turmoil and the things they don't know, maybe just in my spirit, like I'm striving with things or struggling with things or dealing with things or wondering about things or all those, all of those things. And we're all pretty weary and we're all pretty burdened and we all need rest. Mm-hmm. But the only way to get it is to come to Jesus and no amount of uh, time management or four hour work week or number of vacation homes or any of that's going to give you rest. No. I think back, it was somebody that worked for Hudson Taylor and they were talking, there was a lady, maybe it was a group of ladies, but they got so busy, they had some kind of a medical clinic way out in rural China, you know, probably late 1800s. And it was so busy that she would have to get up at three or four o'clock in the morning just to have time to read. You know, and like, I would say busy to the point of being overwhelmed, you know. But the the come to me, you know, like that's where she would find her strength is in coming to the Lord every day. And I'll be honest, that's a place where my flesh uh, fails my discipline. Like three in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe different people are a different way, but we have to come to Jesus even when we are burdened. And the promise is rest. James, if I could mention one thing. um, Hebrews 4.11, that was a verse that came to mind in getting ready for this. But just hearing you say that, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following the same pattern of disobedience. And, and I admit I'm not stopping to give the context there, but there's that there's that little phrase there where it says make every effort to enter that rest, or I think another translation is let us strive to enter that rest. And would you agree that there's kind of this paradox that the, to enter rest, you rest isn't for the lazy in a way. Uh, uh-huh. Like like laziness will actually keep you from, from true resting. rest in some ways. Now, I know we're, we haven't defined our terminologies here, so someone could be disagreeing with you saying it. It could be semantics. But, you know, I found rest tonight in rocking my son to sleep who was crying 
you know, Psalm 131 came to my mind and just, there's just that peacefulness. Now I didn't want to go in there and rock him. I was pretty annoyed that he wouldn't just go to sleep, but it was like a moment where, you know, Christ ministered to me. And I think you would, just like you're saying, getting up in the morning to get time with the Lord, it's, you can't be lazy. There's got to be some effort there, but when you do those things, it's like, oh, this is so, this is so life-giving. This is so restful. It's so refreshing. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I mean, that's why there's, I think, back to Matthew 28 and 29, 11, 28 and 29, that's why there's a commands with it, you know, come to me and then it's take my yoke upon you. Hmm. You know, and so it's actually a, an idea. It's like, no, I want you to pick up this, this piece of wood and put it over your necks and you know a yoke is not a uh not a relaxing tool. No. Right? You don't go put your yoke on your ox at the end of the day. Put the yoke on the ox at the beginning of the day. And Jesus is like saying, "Hey man, you're burdened, you're weary. First come to me. And then when you come to me, I'm going to slap this yoke on top of you." <laughs> but, but guess what, man? My my yoke is easier than your yoke. Right? Actually, what I'm going to do Jesus is saying, I'm going to take off your yoke that's burdening you and wearying you, and I'm going to put my yoke on you, and then you're hmm. going to learn from me. And I don't know if the learn from me is a, is a result of that or if that's a follow-on command. But, you know, when, uh, when you have two oxen and one's trained and one's not trained, you know what you do is you yoke them together, and the trained oxen will, will pull the the other ox in there and he'll train him. And usually you put him with a bigger ox so he can pull him, right? Or an older yeah. ox with a younger one. Yeah. And so that's what I think Jesus is saying is, hey, come to me right beside me. Take off your yoke that you've been dealing with and put my yoke on you, the yoke that's hooked on to me. And then learn from me. When I go left, I'm going to pull you left. And when I go right, I'm going to pull you right. And when I stop, you need to stop. When I go, you need to go. And when I rest, you can rest. And I don't know, there's just a lot of, I think, a lot of rest in not being responsible for things, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like I'm the world's, I, I hate mechanic stuff. I'm, I'm horrible at it. I hate carpenter stuff. I hate construction stuff, especially if I'm responsible for it. But, you know, my brother's pretty good at that stuff. And if I'm his assistant, I don't mind. I'm, Yeah. I hand you a hammer. Sure, I can I can nail this in over here, whatever. I'm not responsible. You know, if it goes wrong, you got to fix it. And it's a little bit like that with Jesus. Hey. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't have to fix this. And that's a little convicting because I feel like I have to fix things all the time with God. Boy, if I don't go out and get my work done, God will never, never get anything done. Okay, that's not true, right? No. It's it's easy to laugh at yourself on that sort of stuff and go, oh yeah, every now and then I kind of have a messiah complex, but it's subtle. It mm -hmm. it works its way down into your. It's like termites in a house. It's it's like yeah, I'm I'm probably that way to some degree, but I can't even tell you at this moment. I need I need Christ. I need other believers to speak into my life and help me see those things, those blind spots. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's not, again, it's not that you're not supposed to be working. Like Jesus said, hey, you're going to have a yoke on you, right? Yeah. We are going to work, but we have to work alongside with Christ. And that's where we mess up. We think like, 
Oh, especially when we were overseas, we felt that way because the needs were like the, the amount of lostness was so huge. You know, it's like there's so few workers over there and God, like we've got to be doing this stuff. But ultimately, we're not going to get anything done that God's not doing anyway. Right. And so we would be best. I say it and I mean it, but it convicts me. We would be best if we'd spend more time in prayer figuring out what God wants and then go do it with him as opposed to trying all these things, doing all these strategies. And it's okay to have strategies. But it would be better to listen, yoke yourself with Jesus, and go where he goes. Some brilliant person once said, if you're close enough to Jesus, you'll start getting a lot of credit for things you're not doing. Mm. That's pretty good. Well, maybe that's... Yeah, one of the first things is just to to realize that he's he's the one really pulling the we're yoked with him, but he's the one really pulling the load and come take the yoke on, learn. It's the paradox of active rest. Uh-huh. Not lazy rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I think the hardest part of it all is? Is taking off or giving up our own yoke. Yeah. You know, and that surrender. Yeah. Okay, I, I'll I'll give up all my priorities, all the things I think, all my responsibilities, and I will yoke myself with you and I will let you determine my priorities and my responsibilities. And I'll do that every day. If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. And it's easy to hear that and think something that's obviously so silly. It's obvious like, all right, Jesus, I'll deny myself by, you know, I'll, I'll quit looking at that pornography or, oh, Jesus, I'll deny myself by not trying to tell no lies or something, but, or not gossiping. But how about denying yourself by giving up religious rock stacking? Mm. That takes the form of, oh, I have to go here and please this person. I have to go here and be a part of this activity. And I have to, yeah, I'm drawing a blank now. I have to do this or that thing and just saying, all right, Jesus, I'm ready. I'm ready for you to uh, clear my schedule. I'm ready to hear from you. I'm ready to make the things, the priorities that you want me to make. So, yeah, taking the yoke off. Yeah. And what you're really talking about is pleasing man versus pleasing God. Yes. You know, and there, yes. like there's there's good and great things we do together with our church or if you're going to say religious activities. There's some that are good, but there's some that we're doing it just because we know so-and-so will look down on us if we don't or they'll be disappointed if we're not there or everybody everybody thinks I'm supposed to be doing this. You know, and that's uh, – it can be deadly. It can, it can. Maybe, maybe one big um, alarm. You know, I know in a water treatment plant we have alarms that go off, especially you know when you have water being made at night and the operators in bed. And sometimes it's a false alarm, like it's like, oh, you got me out of bed for nothing. Uh, and sometimes it's a real alarm. Maybe one alarm in life is when we're trying to hear from Jesus as to what is just needless religious activity, what is his yoke, 
is if we're starting to resent people for the things we're doing, mm. that's an alarm. Now, sometimes I'm resentful that I have to stop watching TV to put my daughter to bed. <laughs> I, I think I still need to do that. <laughs> right. But, uh, for example, I have a friend that's just been wanting to get together and I was scheduling a time and I just found myself resenting even having to, uh, to deal with that. I thought, well, this isn't good. So either, either my attitude needs to change or maybe I just need to say, Hey, you know, at this time in life, uh, I could meet you at this specific time, but I here are my boundaries, here are my limits. And, just being willing to say no to people. I think it was you that was telling me a few weeks ago that at some point you've just got to learn to say no to some things and make some decisions. Yeah, it's true. And I struggle with it too, but that's that yoke that's not God's. You know, there's a people, there's a people where God's like, Hey, by the way, you need to spend some time with them and you may not like it and you got to jump in and do it. And then there's the people that, they're sucking all your time or they're wasting all your time. That's a hard one to call. And it's hard yeah. for it's hard for pastors to do that. It's hard for leaders to do that. It's hard for people that, that care. But like where is it? Even Jesus didn't have time physically didn't have time for everybody. And he'd take his disciples and he'd pull him away by himself or he'd take his disciples and cross the lake. You know, or take his disciples, or he'd go up by himself on a mountain to pray. Yeah. Well, I guess if if we would wrap this down to the last, what could be our last point, we've talked about, especially kind of with my story, uh, being a disciple in the sense of doing this herself, but now uh, to really go the whole length of the football field, We've got to teach this to others. So as God is bringing people into our life uh, that we can disciple, that we can encourage, we've got to help them learn to come, to take his yoke, to learn from Jesus. That's part of what we have to pass on is uh, coaching people, encouraging people, to look to Jesus to know what his yoke is, to come to him for rest. Yeah, and how do you think we do that? Well, I didn't know we were going to have to talk about that. No, um, I think, I know we can't we can't decide for people, well, I'm here to tell you, James, this is not Jesus' yoke for you. This is. Aren't you glad that I'm here to, to differentiate that for you? <laughs> but, I think you can just assume that any human is is going to struggle with carrying our own yoke because uh, ever since the garden we've been trying to discern good and evil. Uh, so we're I think we're always uh, it's kind of like a friend of mine, Britt Ellard, said it is irresponsible to do things that you're not responsible for, and it is irresponsible to shirk those things you are responsible for. And hopefully you'll hear my heart in saying that because on some level I'm sure you could. But anyway, I think just making 
yourself available to sit down with people, to be involved in their life, to hear what's going, uh, to see when they're weary at the end of a hard week, or to see when they're uh, starting to look fatigued, and just encourage them, give them the freedom and say, hey man, you look a bit weary from all this. Are you sure that everything you're doing is really what God would have for you? Or do you think maybe somewhere along the way you've picked up some things that are good, but maybe not the best? Do you think you might have the courage to entertain writing those things down and maybe even taking a sabbatical from one or two that you feel like the, it may not even feel right. It may feel weird. It may feel wrong to not just be busy and involved in everything. So I wouldn't even tell them to go with what they feel, but just say, hey, I would write these down, trust God, pick a path, walk it in faith, and just kind of simplify. Um, focus on one thing. Focus on doing one thing well with excellence. Do it to God's glory. Do it in faith instead of spreading yourself five different ways. And if you find at the end of a season that that's not where you need to be, I, I'm going to spring another cliche on us here. I and I really, I know this isn't in the Bible, but I, I'm convinced it's true that God, it's easier for God to steer a moving ship than one that's anchored. Mm-hmm. So I think, first of all, just feeling the freedom to not do everything, but in that same feeling, freedom, embracing the freedom to just do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't be so caught up in paralysis that you don't get anything done, but at the same time, don't feel like you have to do everything. And I think I think I can think of some times in your life that you've shared with me where people have said, like, hey man, you've gotta you've gotta stop this. You know, and I know when Jill and I were really uh just over exhausted a couple of years ago, year ago, you know, we called people it's like, Hey, what do we like how do we how do we pull out of this? How do we stop this? And I think for people we disciple, we model that for them. Uh, this is what it looks like when I'm I'm doing that. You know, this is how I'm come to Jesus. This is how I'm taking my yoke, His yoke upon me. This is when I messed it up. No, I don't think that was His yoke. And I think you can share your own struggles. Like, hey, here's two things I'm thinking that I might should do. I don't know if either one of them is more from God. You know, pray with me. Let them get their feedback. And that's something I've appreciated. A couple of the guys that have discipled me here and there that they're quite willing to share some of their own problems and seek my counsel. Maybe not even so much as that they needed my counsel, but that they let me walk through that problem with them. Yeah. And I think we can do that for those that we disciple. And sometimes, again, if we have the good relationship with them, you can call them on the carpet and say, hey, listen, man, you're running in circles. You need to drop something. What's it going to be? Yeah. And sometimes we've needed some people in our life to have done that more, more uh, firmly. Hey, right now, what's it going to be? Don't pick it back up. Got it. So I guess that that kind of circles back to having friendships that are meaningful and deep and trust-rich enough that you can speak into people's life that way and at at the drop of a hat have them speak into your life that way, Mm -hmm. regardless of kind of who's the gray hair and who's not. Yeah, and being open, and it takes a while to build that friendship. You can't just, mostly you can't just drop that on somebody. You know, they got to no. know that you love them, 
and that you care about them enough that you know you know enough about what's going on in their life to make that kind of call. I was talking with a good guy that's from Africa, uh, from the west part of Africa the other day, and he's man, deep man of prayer, deep man of faith. Um, but he's always asking me about business stuff because he he wants to make some money to do some things for God. And I just I didn't tell him it wasn't the right thing, but I just asked him this time. I was like, man, have you ever thought like maybe you need to be like, like you have the kind of faith I feel like like Hudson Taylor or George Mueller had. Like like why why do we have to do business? Do you think if you focus just more on ministry and prayer and just see if God would provide the resources for what you need, as opposed to because he just, you know, he just doesn't care about money that much, you know. He give it away, and he's not too worried about it, and and doesn't love business. But it's, it's just, it's a means to an end, you know. It's like, well, is there, is there another means that will get you to that same end that fits more with yeah. some of your strengths? And because we've been friends a long time, I can do that, and I think he could do that for me. That makes all the difference. Yeah. So I'd say. That should wrap up that command. All right. Well, here we go. That's that's it. Come to Jesus. Come, come, take the yoke and learn. Mm-hmm. Well, once again, if you have a command that is particularly um, on your mind, let us know. In the meantime, we'll be digging, looking for others to find. We may focus. We're going to see how this goes. We may even do a couple per episode and uh, kind of keep the pace moving. But I'll try not to talk it in the dirt too long, but also try to just dig into the subject. So, Yeah. And, you know, when we first started this idea, I Googled it. And you guys can Google it too. But there's like 300 commands of Jesus or some, you know, some big number. So it's not – there's plenty of them out there for us to obey. But uh, we'll try to hit some of them that are either important to us or that we're struggling with or just the ones that we consider to be some of the most important ones. So until next time, go and make some disciples and uh, teach them to obey the commands that Jesus taught. And while you're teaching them to obey, make sure we're doing the same thing ourselves. Amen. Amen. I'll see you next time. See you all later. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of the Deep Water Podcast. I have a little information I wanted to pass on to you guys. When you get this on Tuesday, I will be going in for surgery on Wednesday. So, one, I would sure appreciate your prayers. Got a little back surgery to do. And two, we're going to try to keep these coming out every week, but it is possible that with all of that we might miss an episode or two. If we do, I apologize, but we'll try to keep it on track. And once again, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate any prayers you lifted up on our behalf. Thank you and keep making disciples.